Hey everyone, just a heads up that the applications open next week, August 7th, for my brand new program, the e-commerce growth lab. I haven't talked a huge amount about this program, although I'm going to in the coming weeks, but the applications are starting next week, um, August 7th. And if you want to go ahead and get on the waiting list for that to be the first one to hear more information about it, you can head to laurenkeplinger.com forward slash apply, and that will direct you to that waiting list. This is a limited spot situation. So if you think you are going to be interested in this small group, more intimate, way more deep dive, um, and also far more detailed in the topics that we're covering program, go ahead and get on that waiting list because the applications will open to those waiting list people first. All right, let's get started. Hey everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Crickets to Cha-Chings. My name is Lauren, and I am excited to talk about this topic this week. Last week on the podcast, we talked about what's going on with Etsy, what the Etsy atmosphere is like lately, and kind of the changes that Etsy has made over the years and what the current environment looks like. I have gotten so much feedback. I don't, I'm not sure I've ever published a podcast episode that I have gotten so many DMs, so many emails, and also just like so many people reaching out to me um, saying like, these are people that maybe don't even follow me on Instagram, but they just like needed to comment, I guess, I don't know, on the podcast episode and DM me and tell me their thoughts and their experiences and all of that. That has been really fun for me. It is so easy to feel like you're just like sitting in your office talking to the computer screen. So it is really cool for me to hear what's working for you, what's not working for you, how things are going behind the scenes, where you want to go in the future, the the plans and the dreams and all of that. Um, so thank you for that. Thank you for interacting and engaging and being willing to share your story and share the good and the bad. In this week's episode, I want to talk a little bit about things that I would do differently if I was just getting started or if I was looking into the future when I started in 2012 and being able to see what the path was gonna look like and how things would be so different 11 years later. It's funny because I can remember in the early years of doing this, um, when I moved my embroidery situation from my bedroom into a basement, it was an unfinished basement, it was freezing. And I can remember my husband saying like, where do you see this business being in five years? Like, what do you think that it's going to look like um, five years from now? What kind of monogramming are you going to be doing and stuff? And I was like, um, are you kidding me? I really hope I'm not monogramming things in my basement five years from now. <laughs> um, and there was no way for me to see this trajectory or to see how this would play out as there never is. And it's not that I didn't like monogramming things in my basement, but um, I actually still monogram things in my basement. So nothing has changed. Um, but I think for me, it was kind of like, Things are either going to be different five years from now and I'm going to like have a factory that I'm producing things in. I don't, I'm not exactly sure what I thought or I'm not going to be doing it at all. Like this is just a temporary thing and I'm just biding my time. Again, I'm not sure what I was biding my time for, but 
anyway, I digress. Things were so different when I was starting in 2012. If you are old enough to have already been an adult in 2012, um, it was a very different internet picture. There was really not, I mean, this, it was post Facebook days, but not, there wasn't really social media in the way that there is now. So there wasn't a really, um, fluid way of spreading information between people. Now we have like information overload, but at the time it really wasn't like that. There weren't people talking about what they were doing to be successful. There weren't people like, I mean, I guess there were people blogging, but it wasn't always easy to find those blogs. So it was really a different environment. People were kind of just plodding along on their own and not really, um, not really sharing anything um, and not really being able to share. I mean, this was like the dark ages of the internet where you had a Facebook wall that wasn't even a newsfeed and you literally just saw your friends' posts and I don't even think there were ads at the time. Someone asked me recently um, if when I was first learning how to write SEO, what software program I used to learn how to write SEO. And it was so funny because I was like, there, there were no software programs, at least not that I knew about. Now, I mean, I've never been like on the cutting edge of, you know, software development. Um, but as far as I knew, that was not even a thing until like maybe five years ago. So, um, that's certainly not how I learned how to do anything. But anyway, if I could see where this business would go, where the platform and the internet, what that would all look like 11 years later, of course I would do things differently as we always would if we had, you know, special goggles that would allow us to see into the future. One thing I do wanna talk about before I go into specifically the ways that I would have structured my business differently and what I wish that I would have set in place years ago um, is to kind of just address or, or just say it explicitly that looking into the future or, or looking into the past with, with future goggles um, is hard because the life that you are living in that moment in the past changes so quickly to where you are now, especially if you are like I was when I started and I was like pretty young, not that long out of college, and I had little kids. I can't honestly say that if I had to go back in time that I would do anything differently if I was starting in 2012, because at that time in my life, I had a one-year-old, I was six months pregnant, and then I went on to have another child shortly after that, making me have three kids in less than four years. And we moved seven times since 2012. So if we're being honest, I'm pretty proud of myself for accomplishing what I did during that time. I look back at that person and I'm like, wow, I really um, had a lot more grit than I gave myself credit for. But it's easy for me to see all the things that I could have done differently that would have benefited me now, now that I'm in a place where I'm older and I have much older kids and a much more stable life. The reason that I say this is because I know that there are people out there listening to this podcast who are in that stage right now where they are doing this job and building this business part-time, not because 
they can't dream big enough or that they're selling themselves short or they just can't get themselves together to be organized enough to accomplish more. But because they have other competing priorities and life circumstances that dictate what they're doing right now in this moment. And that's okay. It's never my goal to make somebody feel defensive about the choices that they are making that work best for them. You don't have to DM me and tell me the reasons why you are not gonna grow your business right now because you have all these other things that take priority. That's okay. You are allowed to make those decisions and what your goals are and what your priorities in your life are is your decision to make. And 11 years ago, when I started, my priority was not to grow a million dollar business. That was not even on my radar of what I was doing. I was paying for preschool for my son. I was having date nights with my husband because we had like no extra money. And then this money from this little side thing gave us the ability to have a babysitter and get and go on a nice date night to like fancy restaurants. <clears throat> and that was great. And I'm so, so thankful for that time. Um, and I'm so thankful for what this business gave me during that time. Um, and then it changed. And then it changed as my kids got older and it changed as um, our financial picture changed and my husband's job changed and we needed more income and all different changes that brought me to where I have been now, which is like, been pretty stable since I started this podcast, but obviously wasn't in those early days. So my only point in telling you all of that is that my desire in this is, and always has been, to help you reach your goals and also to help you make intentional decisions about what those goals are rather than always being reactionary. So you feel like you're just putting out fires all the time and you really can't do anything different because you can barely keep your head above the water as it is. Or that you're so overwhelmed by all the things and all of the information, the information overload that the internet is now, so you you feel paralyzed, you can't take steps forward because you're not intentionally slowing down or not intentionally not ramping up due to life, but because you're just overwhelmed into inaction. So you can't take any steps forward because you're so overwhelmed. So my motives are to help you intentionally define your goals for your business and then strategically move towards those in a methodical way. Not to tell you that you're doing things wrong if your goal isn't to make 90 bajillion dollars a year and go public with your company that you know, you've know you built now. Um, that has never been my desire. It's not my place to define your goals for you. Um, so I hope that that is clear and I hope that that always comes through in the things that I say. All right, so switching gears. The biggest thing, this kind of segues into this, but the biggest thing that I would do as a business owner if I was starting a business now or what I wish I had done back in the day is that I wish that I had a bigger picture overview of what my goal was and where I wanted to go in my business from the get-go. I always had big dreams for my shop. I never struggled with the daydreaming aspect of things. Um, I never struggled to see the potential that the business had to grow larger and to, to continue to increase revenue and, and the ways that I could do that. 
but I didn't really have a plan. It wasn't that I was intentionally having a side hustle because my children were young. It just kind of like did its thing and then it actually grew much faster and I was very overwhelmed because I didn't have a plan and I didn't really plan for it to become a full-time job um, and I didn't, I didn't have any steps in place to support that. So it was very overwhelming. Because of my lack of planning, um, what ended up happening was that I ended up spending a lot of time dealing with the day-to-day minutia of things. Like I need to add a new product so that I can have more listings or I'm saving for the next month to buy another embroidery machine so I could speed up production because I'm so slow right now and I have to do something because I'm so overwhelmed. And those things are important, especially in the beginning. There's always, of course, going to be a learning curve and like a little while before you get into a groove of what you're doing. But they're really the first steps, the very first baby steps of getting started. And I don't think that way back when I was beginning that I really had a vision of, I want to create an e-commerce brand so that I can have an online shop beyond just like, I wanna make this one product right now with this one design. I was always in a reactionary mode. What is happening right now in this business and what can I do to fix this immediate problem or deal with this immediate thing that's right in front of me? So I was stuck looking at what I'm doing right this second that's gonna have an impact on this next second that's one second away from now. (laughs) And I think that a lot of us start that way. I think I probably stayed in that mode for a little longer than would be ideal. Um, but that is, it was really, uh, it's a really hard stage of business to be in. And it's really frustrating because you're always overwhelmed. And what that did was make me feel like I never had the time or I never had the ability to make the time to look at that bigger picture vision of what I wanted from the business in the future and what the impact was going to be on the steps that I was taking right then as the business grew long-term. For example, I wanted to grow the business. I wanted it to be a full-time job by the time that my second child was in kindergarten. That was like my, my daydreaming goal, although I did not like map out what that looked like. So I kept adding different varieties of products that were all different price points and Um, all different sizes and stuff. I had a ton of inventory, but I wasn't necessarily strategically adding things that could help me as the business got bigger. So then what ended up happening was that I ended up in a situation where the shop was growing. It grew very rapidly and the revenue grew very rapidly, but the products that were selling, I ended up having to do away with because they were so time consuming that it wasn't sustainable. And that's a really scary position to be in, to feel like my business is doing really well and it's growing actually more rapidly than I was anticipating, but now I can't keep up with it making these same products because I've set myself up to just be completely drowning in orders and it's not sustainable. Now, obviously there would be ways that you could deal with that, like hiring people and everything. But at this stage in my life, we were still doing the army life thing. And so there was no way that I could like rent a building and hire employees and and do all of this when we're moving like once a year. 
Another example of that is also, I was not in a position to, to do that at that time. Um, another example of this is that I ran an influencer campaign at one point with like 25 influencers on Instagram. This was like the easier influencer days. Um, this was several years ago. So it was really before influencers blew up as they, as big as they are now, or as big as they were at the height of influencer marketing. Um, it was a huge success, but I ran it to my Etsy shop rather than to a website, which makes me like die a little bit inside right now thinking about that. And I didn't have a way to sustain the sales after that campaign was over because again, I was completely overwhelmed in orders. It was a huge amount of orders. Um, like many tens of thousands of dollars in orders in one month's time. And I was doing this by myself. Um, and I don't, I didn't have any employees and it was, um, a nightmare for me, even though as a business owner, um, well, first off, it was just really bad timing. I don't know why I did that, but also if you're going to invest in doing something like that, there need to be systems in place for what happens if it's really successful. The worst case scenario shouldn't be that it's really successful. That should be best case scenario. And instead it was like so incredibly overwhelming. So my 2023 self really <laughs> regrets the lack of planning that I did. Um, and I think that that is probably why I feel so strongly now in talking about what that looks like on the other side of business. Um, because while I would not say that you ever get to a place where you're like coasting in business, I don't think that that's true, but there's definitely a point that you hit where it's not so overwhelming and it is very sustainable and very not easy. Business is never easy, but like it's not stressful anymore. And I have the margins in my life and in my business and everything there to be able to say, you know, if I ran an influencer campaign now, I have the wherewithal to say, okay, well, this is how I'm going to channel these people. This is how I'm going to funnel these people from this step to this step to this step so that this is not just like one month of, you know, tens of thousands of dollars in sales that then dies off the next month because I'm like, oh my gosh, dying over here from all of the sales that I had. When I had, um, when I put, hit publish on the episode last week, I had a ton of DMs on, on Instagram talking about other people's experiences and everything, which I already mentioned. They range like the full gamut from, I have absolutely no idea what you're talking about. It's like you're speaking a different language to this is my best year ever. I am raking in the cash. It is pouring rain. I mean, pouring money. Life is grand. And regardless of what the people's personal experiences are, which I love to hear, I'm so, so glad that you guys are, are willing to share those experiences. It doesn't really change though what I see as the bigger picture of, of what I wish I had been doing. Um, because I've been in those places where I'm just starting and I have no idea what anybody's talking about. And obviously I've been there where I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't even know how I could grow this business bigger because I can't even keep up with it the way that it is now. 
If you have no idea what it looks like to have a master plan that you're that you're moving through to grow your business, this these strategic steps that you're taking, I'm going to work on this and then I'm going to work on this and then I'm going to work on this, then it's going to take a lot longer to get there and or you're not going to get there because you don't even really know where there is. Um, you don't know where you're headed. And if life is peachy and Etsy is raining money right now, that is amazing. That's a great feeling. And it feels so rewarding to hit that point in your business where you're like, oh my gosh, people love my stuff. They are loving these things. But it also really should push you to make sure that that's not a fleeting success that just changes on a dime when Etsy changes, which it will and it has and it will continue to. Not to, that's not like a fear mongering. I'm not saying like you're, the bottom's not gonna drop out from under you tomorrow. Um, and I don't think that, and I don't think Etsy is the enemy, so don't misunderstand me. But I do think that there comes a point where, where it is really important to protect your business. And I think that that is more true now than it was when I started 11 years ago. Um, I think that Etsy's, the, the way that Etsy's business is run is so different than it was before they went public and before they changed CEOs and all of that, um, that I would say it is not as reliable um, as it used to be. So here's what I would do if um, if I was starting now and I had the wherewithal to be able to do this as a new business owner. I would have that bigger picture vision of where I wanted to go. I would spend the time to plot that out, not just like I want to make a million dollars, but what does that look like on a year to year basis? Because it's not going to be this year. I'm and obviously these are fake numbers, but it's not going to look like this year I'm making a thousand dollars and next year I'm going to make a hundred thousand dollars. And the next year I'm going to make five hundred thousand dollars. And the next year I'm going to make five million dollars. That doesn't happen. Even if that did happen, it would be like not something you don't even want that to happen. That would be like crazy. Um, obviously, hopefully I don't have to say that, but I think that it's important to look at what realistic long-term growth looks like. It's not 50%. It's not a hundred percent. It's usually like, I think I read something recently that said the average growth is like 5% or something like that. 10%. I can't remember the exact number, but it's, it's less than what you would think it would be or less than what you hear about, I guess on the internet. Like if I had $10,000 in sales next year, last year, then a 5% increase would be 10,500. For most of us that are knee deep in internet business, if I had $10,000 in sales last year and I had 10,500 um, in sales this year, you would see that as not doing very well. And so adjusting some of those expectations to get past that um, you know, internet millionaire mindset that everything's going to come really fast. It's going to come really easy. And if you have $10,000 this year, you're going to have a hundred thousand next year to really be able to say, what does this look like for me? What is my one year goal? What is my three year goal? What is my five year goal? If your five year goal is like, I can't even look that far because I don't even want to be doing this in five years, then probably you need to adjust what you're doing to um, to make it look a little bit different. 
And I say that as somebody who I just told you, I said that. Um, but I have changed that business over the years to make it a lot more streamlined. I never ever would have continued to do it if I was doing the kinds of products that I was doing back in the day. I have said for years and years that I didn't and don't and won't ever see myself as an Etsy seller. I have an e-commerce brand and I also sell those products on Etsy. But when I was starting, I didn't necessarily, I mean, I started just on Etsy, like most of you all do. And I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. If you are just getting started, Etsy is a fantastic place to start. It is the best place to start. It's the best platform marketplace to start on. But I didn't necessarily have a bigger picture vision of what it encompassed if I wanted to create a holistic e-commerce brand that was selling on multiple platforms at that time. Because for years, a large percentage of my income came from Etsy and I was pretty content with it being that way. So I didn't really feel like there was a need to do anything different. I'm still happy with the income that Etsy brings in. Etsy still brings in a very full-time income from just my Etsy sales without having to do anything else. Um, and it is still the largest marketplace that I sell on, but it's not the only marketplace that I sell on. And for those of you that are now gonna hit pause and DM me and ask me, well, where else do you sell? <laughs> I have products on Go Imagine and Amazon. I have shoppable Instagram and Facebook shops. I've done influencer marketing that I talked about. I have in-person sales and I have my own website with an email list and paid ads. But it took me a long time to have a vision or like a really clear picture of what it looked like for all of those things to be working together rather than just one-off things or feeling like Etsy was my main website, Etsy was my main sales channel, and then I'm just gonna like randomly dabble in these other things, but they're not really my main focus and I'm not really gonna do a whole lot with them. That's not my mindset anymore. Um, now I kind of look at it as the opposite, which leads us into point number two. I would start my website from the get-go and have that be my main focus on building that and having it built, even if I didn't undertake 9 million different things to market it, I would have it built at least. Although I, you do have to market it, so I don't want you to feel like you can just build it and then something's gonna happen with it. Um, but I would build it from the get-go and I would look at my main website as my business homepage. My, I'm trying to think of like a, like my home base. <laughs> if you're thinking about a baseball field, my main website is my home base and all the various platforms that I sell on and all the various places that I sell are my first, second, third base, pitcher mound, whatever. I kind of rested on my laurels with Etsy sales for a long time and I wish that I not, had not done that in those earlier days. And I get it, when you are bringing in six figures or multiple six figures from Etsy sales and you're not having to do a bunch of marketing, it's really hard to find the time to market outside of Etsy and it feels unnecessary. And for a very long time, I don't really think it was necessary. The potential of Etsy was so high, it was not really an oversaturated market, it was not that hard to get found, there were a ton of buyers, there was kind of this golden period. Um, I would say 
between like 2016 and really probably up until like the pandemic, um, where it was really like you, you know, you could be making 200, $400,000 just on Etsy without marketing, without running ads, without anything. Um, and so it felt like you didn't really need to do anything outside of Etsy and I didn't. Um, and so that's kind of what has led me now to how I feel where I say, if I could go back in time, what I would do differently. There was obviously no way for me as a normal folk to predict what not only the pandemic in general, but also what that would do to the internet and e-commerce and the Etsy platform and all of that. And so I think that there are times where it feels like this is good enough and I don't really need to do anything outside of Etsy. And again, a caveat, it depends on your goals. It depends on your goals for your business. But I can tell you that after talking to literally tens of thousands of people, probably close to 100,000 sellers at this point, the tides of Etsy will turn for you at some point. Maybe not forever, maybe it's just a dip, maybe it's a blip on your radar and it's not like a forever thing. Um, maybe it, it's not like the bottom will fall out for you. The bottom has never fallen out for me, but it has not kept up with the exponential growth that I saw in those earlier years either. Maybe your sales will grow exponentially at some point, or maybe they are right now, but there will come a time when that changes and you don't feel like you're in control of your business when that changes. Regardless of the fact that exponential growth is not sustainable for the long term, so that's really not good for your business to have exponential growth forever and ever and ever um, because you would not be able to keep up with it. When that starts to happen, where you have you know 50% growth, 100% growth, 200% growth, on a platform and then all of a sudden you go from 200% growth to 5% growth, it feels like the bottom is dropping out from out from under you. And even if that's not an Etsy problem, even if nothing has really changed with the platform, although things are always changing with platforms, but even if it's not a problem with anything that Etsy has done or the platform that you're selling on Amazon or whatever has done, it feels like it is because you know you're not in control. You know you're not the, the buck does not stop with you when you're selling on a platform. So it feels like you don't have any control over your business and you are at the mercy of that platform if those sales start to slow down. And if you don't take the steps now to take control of that, which happens by building your own website, um, and taking control of your buyer information, which is really more what it is. It's really not a problem with like Etsy processing payments or Shopify processing payments. It's really a problem with the ownership of the customer data. People that are buying from Etsy, um, Etsy owns that customer data. They are on Etsy's mailing list. They are buying from Etsy. They are Etsy customers. If they're buying from your website, you own that data. And so, you know, you can't just spam them. That's still illegal. There are still rules, but nobody else owns that data. You don't have to go through a middle person in order to contact your customers. And there are not, you know, there's not like gatekeeping of customer information. That was very detailed. But um, so that I do regret. I think that there was so much potential for me 
in those days of running influencer marketing and especially like as Instagram really blew up, I had a very large following for my Funky Monkey um, shop on Instagram and I've changed accounts since then so it's not as big but um, you know, I think I had 10 or 20,000 followers on Instagram in those glory days of Instagram growing and I just didn't take advantage of it. And um, I regret not looking outside of that larger picture of, of just having my Etsy shop and being content with that and not taking those steps to make the business into something that was better for me long-term in the direction that I wanted to go. Mostly I think as my final point of what I wish I had done is that I wish that I had a vision for what the business looked like beyond just the walls of Etsy. I've been working on building the traffic and the sales to my own website for the past couple of years and it has paid off majorly. But I had a conversation with my husband just a few months ago that was like an aha, but also like a duh, um, where I was talking about ordering some non-personalized stuff for my website to put together like gift packages or like accessories that people, people could order with my quilts and bunnies and all of that stuff as baby shower gifts. So maybe I make the quilt and I, mon well, I don't make the quilts, but I monogram the quilts and then I also offer a rattle or a bib or whatever that's not monogrammed. This hasn't ever been an option because reselling things is not allowed on Etsy and putting together gift boxes like that is not allowed. Um, and I'm a rule follower, so I have not ever done that. But then I realized like I had never even really thought, I mean, I thought about it at one point and checked with Etsy if I could put together gift boxes. They said no, um, because you can't have just stuff you're reselling there. So I had never really thought about it since then. That was like years ago. Like I don't actually have to personalize every bunny that's sent out when I sell it on my website. I can just sell the bunny just like they do at the baby shop in my town on Main Street. So if I'm on my own website, I can just resell the bunny and then I can personalize it if they want to and charge additional for personalization. And that is a whole new world. I can't do that on Etsy. I've only somewhat dabbled in this so far. As I said, this was kind of like my head exploded. I'm like, oh my gosh. There's a whole new world out there, but also why has it taken me so long to realize there's a whole new world that I'm not taking advantage of? Um, but it's definitely something that I am looking into for the holiday season, for in-person markets, for all of that. But mostly I think for me, the disappointing part of that in my, like disappointment in myself is that I didn't ever really think about the way that I was being limited in the vision that I had for my business and what I could do in my business and what I was able to offer to people um, because of the limitations of Etsy. And again, this does not mean that I'm shutting down my Etsy shop. I will never shut down my Etsy shop. Well, never say never, but I'm not planning on shutting down my Etsy shop probably ever. Um, but there is a whole e-commerce world out there that allows you so much freedom to create and collaborate and opens doors for you that might not otherwise exist. So what could that look like for you in your business? What, what could a larger picture look like for you 
in the business that you're running now, but moving beyond the limitations of what you're doing at this moment in time and moving into a, a different situation that that offers something else. So those are kind of my, what I wish I would have done, the places that, again, I can't really be disappointed. I mean, I, I don't ever really think that it's worthwhile for you to look back and say like, gosh, I would be, you know, a bajillionaire if I would have bought Apple stock in 1980. You know, what's the point of doing that? You can't see the future and and you weren't in that position at that time. But I do think that it's important in terms of reflecting on where the business has been and also where it's going. What are those goals for the future? Where do I want this to be in five years? Because I no longer say, well, I hope I'm not still monogramming in my basement in five years. Now I have a bigger picture. What does that look like? What are the opportunities there? And what are the steps that I need to take to move towards those opportunities, even if it's not gonna happen tomorrow. Even if it is a long-term vision of where I wanna go and what I wanna do, what are the intermediary steps that I need to take to do that? I hope that you've enjoyed this episode. Again, I would love to connect with you on Instagram. These are kinda heavy discussions, um, and I also think that I have been having all of these thoughts. I have been having all of these feelings for like lots of months. I've had individual conversations with people about all of these things for many, many months, but I haven't really super publicly spoken out about it and about the changes that I'm seeing and what what is happening in the future and where I see this going. So I think that it has caught some people off guard and that's okay. Um, I feel reignited in my passion about teaching about e-commerce again, being able to talk about more than just Etsy. I have been so burnt out talking just about Etsy, um, because there's just so much more opportunity out there and also things that are just like really kind of fun to dabble in, especially if you like, uh, marketing and especially if you really enjoy the business side of your business, there is a whole world out there that, that is fun to explore. So I hope that you all have enjoyed it. Um, hit me up on Instagram. If you want to talk, chat, tell me what you think. Um, even if you don't agree with me, that's okay too. So I would love to connect at lauren.keplinger and I'll see you later. Music.